This is Trevor Hall, Mining Stock Daily, back at day two at PDAC here in Toronto. Warmer day in Toronto, actually. I think it's supposed to reach 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And with me right now, basking in the sun, is Mr. Brad Peters from Pacific Empire Minerals. Brad, good to see you. You as well. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> I, I, I promise I did not bring the rain. No, you did not bring the rain. That's very good. It, it's, uh, I heard it's sunny in Vancouver. I actually. heard that too. That's crazy. What are the odds? What are the, what's this world coming to? <laughs> hey, Brad, uh, we're going to do just a quick kind of corporate update with you and Pacific Empire because uh, you, you got some activity. I mean, we, we touched base uh, during the Roundup Conference uh, about a month and a half ago, and you were transitioning from Pinnacle over to Worldstock property. Um, I don't think at that time you had been doing any actual work yet. The drill hadn't been there or was in route at that time. What are you doing now at Worldstock, and why is the, does that continue to be your focus here the next few months? No, absolutely. The uh, the Worldstock is a uh, property uh, just to the north of Kamloops, British Columbia, where we uh, were fortunate to sign an option agreement on that project. Last year, it was a property that had been, and the general area had been locked down for 20 years. Uh, very fortunate to get in there. This is an area where we see a very large regional geochemical signature, um, one of the most significant, certainly in southern British Columbia. So again, very fortunate to be there. Last year, we had an opportunity to get onto the property, completed a fairly substantial soil geochemical program in addition to having a look at the work that had been done previously. That work consisted of, um, I guess the most significant would be diamond drilling. We had a look at the uh, pad locations where they drilled and then at the, uh, the anomalies in terms of the geochemical anomalies and geophysical to see where, where they fit in, in terms of context with the drilling. And uh, when we looked at the roads, uh, the targets, it uh, became clear to us that, that this was a project that was absolutely perfect for our sea drilling and for our drill. And that will be, that will be number one on the list this year that we're going to be hitting. Timing-wise, we're looking at June okay. as a time frame to get onto that property. And then following that, the uh, there's another project, the Whedon, north of Prince George, that will be hitting secondarily. You mentioned the Pinnacle. Mm -hmm. uh, we did complete uh, a drill program there last fall. That drill program really confirmed what we'd seen previously, which was roughly 0.2 to 0.3 gold um, from surface to about 75 meters. The drilling we did was about a kilometer to the north. So we have a pretty large area of gold there on that project. And uh, at this time, Based on what we've seen so far, that's probably a project that uh, that uh, certainly attracted the attention of other partners, larger mm -hmm. partners, and that we would look to uh, secure a partner on that project going forward okay. to do some of the heavy lifting and diamond drilling. Sure, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, you came out with the with the drill results from the RC drilling mm -hmm. at Pinnacle. Um, let's see, there's just over 77 meters grading, 0.18 grams per ton gold, and um, let's see. That that was a follow up from 2015 drill results, roughly uh, same stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know those aren't obviously they're not high grade. No, no, we know that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so when when you're talking about bringing in partners, like what you know, what does that look like? You know, because if you, people will see these drill results, be like, well, that no, there's not a whole lot of ex excitement there. No, it, a mine that does not make. We understand that, but what's significant about that and the, the previous drilling from from 2000. Um, 16 and 15 in that particular area is 
we've been our partners and ourselves we've been able to replicate those results over a fairly wide area now the step outs that were done in 2015 and 16 were on the order of 800 meters um and replicating those type of numbers so wide, then, wide, wide out yeah they're, they're they're wide step outs and then in, you know last year the step out was a full kilometer to the north um, what that indicates to us certainly is there's a very very large area of low-grade gold here that's not what we're looking for we're looking right. for a deposit but that is certainly an indication of a very substantial alteration footprint or a you know with these large copper systems copper gold systems you tend to see a very large halo mm-hmm. and that halo tends to be gold all right so Good. we found a halo we just where, where's the center and a partner uh, a partner would be perfect for yeah. that yeah. in the sense they add value if it's a major and they they bring their uh, expertise and, and capital sure sure in in, in january I think I asked you one of the questions about, you know, what's the strength of your prospect generator business model? And you said with the ability to kill projects quickly and move on to the next one. Rapid, Ab- rapid movement. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't sound like Pinnacle. You're you're not killing this thing. Like you, you're continue to working in the next four months and until you can get to world stock. Like, is this the focus at Pinnacle for four months? The, 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 the focus on Pinnacle right now for us will be looking at what, what we've developed in terms of data mm-hmm. um, boots on the ground uh, we'll have a look at that um, you're right we are not afraid to kill projects I think what separates us from uh, maybe other generators in a sense is that our portfolio turns over of say you know half or a dozen projects that we've tested over two years we've yeah. probably killed nine um, three have lived um, but we've been able to replenish the portfolio with attractive targets, test them at very low costs too. Um, um, you know, other generators typically will acquire a project and spend roughly $100,000 to conduct mapping, rock chip sampling, and to get it to the status where it's QT or qualifying transaction mm-hmm. eligible for, you know, if somebody wants to use it as a listing property. We spend the same amount, um, but it's on drilling. Right. And uh, getting that type of data goes a long way for us in the sense that when we do approach partners, uh, for example, the majors, um, they want to see that level of due diligence on a property. It's, it's one thing to find an interesting property, to use a phrase, put some lipstick on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how we roll. Um, it's important to us that we, uh, we identify those projects that are the, the best of the best and make sure that we get the ones that uh, don't meet strict criteria off the books. We don't want to pitch those to partners. We want them to see quality projects that have a chance to be a mine. In your experience uh, with prospect generators, and I'm just curious, it, it almost seems like oh, this business model has more legs and patience than whether you're a junior explorer with one, maybe two assets. Um, you know, I, I just keep on thinking like other companies that, you know, follow the prospect generator models for years and years and years and maybe have been under the radar for such a long time until they finally get one big hit like azimut is a good example great example yeah azimut. they've been around for years yep but it wasn't until it wasn't was it until they, they went and drilled their own property yeah strangely enough that's that's really what did it for them and um and the having that you know at our core we love the generator the the core idea behind it, which is acquiring, you know, relatively early stage projects right. with tremendous upside on them 
and it's just really at that you know following that it's just a matter of how you go about advancing the project you can sit around and wait for a partner or you can take some initiative if you will and uh, I think with Azimut you saw a company that had uh, certainly a very talented geologic team there mm -hmm. but they took a little, little little initiative and popped a couple holes in there and then well it was game on after that and I think that's why having that flexibility or being open-minded and flexible as a generator and willing to test some of your projects and it's not necessarily the best projects you test it's the ones that suit your your budget and your risk curve mm -hmm. um, some projects fall right in that sweet risk curve and they may bring in a partner um, but the terms that they'll get now will be um, um, very favorable for right. them I would have to think well, and I ask you that question because uh, whereas Azimut has been around for years, yes. Pacific Empire, what, you two years old? Maybe two years. Two years. Because yeah. I remember when you guys first got on the listing, what you, you know, I was talking to you before you were even listed. You were That's trying right. to work with the, with the Venture Exchange and, and get the listing going. Um, so, the, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to say it's apples to oranges, right? Because, you know, Azimut's been a long-form yep. long company. You are very new and, you know, it has not been around for a while. So, But how do you, like... Is that a challenge for you as a prospect generator to be like, well, we're, people expect you because you're young to maybe not have a big discovery quite yet? Or, you know, what are, are there challenges being a new prospect generator uh, within the business? Yeah, the, well, this is one of the reasons we, we really um, looked at alternatives to the what I'll just call the tr traditional generator, which is a very patient game. Right, right. Um, we feel that, um, well, as a public company, you're still spending money existing as a public company. Um, uh, there are many generators that have been around for, let's just say, a decade or more um, that are still waiting for that big, that big payout, that big, that discovery, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, we felt that it was important for us in the company, also for shareholders, um, to recognize that the, the market we're in and the general global, you know, context, people expect uh, rapid progress. They, you know, that you can't just sit around and sort of wait for partners. Right. We wanted to expedite that process, if you will, um, because, you know, I think shareholders want to see some excitement, some buzz, and uh, they'll be patient. But um, there's a limit to the patience, I think, sure. uh, especially in this environment we're in where we've got, there are other penny stocks now, whether it's pharmaceuticals, tech, cannabis now, for example. So we're competing and we have to recognize that. And I think for us, that was a recognition that um, the days of the junior miners being the only penny stock, they're long gone. And, uh, and we had to look around at we're no longer competing with other miners for capital. Uh, we're competing globally with other sectors for capital. And uh, there are fast-moving sectors out there, and we wanted to be uh, an adaptable, fast-moving company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have been... Your whole position is literally British Columbia copper-gold deposit porphyry type of um, exploration work and, and project generation. Any, have you and Rory had any discussions about stepping outside of BC? We do. Um, we talk about it. Um, but I would say that our, you know, our focus is not necessarily British Columbia. Rather, it's gold-enriched copper systems. Okay. In British Columbia, you find those in Indonesia. 
um, PNG, Australia. There are there aren't a lot of jurisdictions out there where you can find gold enriched copper systems um, with access and infrastructure. So that's first and foremost for us. If we were to step out, that would still be our main focus. Yeah. Is the is the commodity? Is that focus on the commodities themselves? What about any other metals other than copper and gold? Would you have interest in branching out? We're always looking at other metals and opportunities in other metals. But I think right now, what we're seeing, uh, I think for the first time in a very long time, we are seeing a favorable gold market. I think going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate. There are plenty of people that do that uh, in this business. We we know who they are, um, but I think gold does look very good going forward. Uh, similar with copper, and uh, for us, it's 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 really quite simple. If if we're really looking for something very significant, um, it's the world's largest gold deposits are copper mines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an example of a discovery here that was released very recently um, in Indonesia. And I think with 57 holes, they outlined 1.7 billion tons. Uh, it's a copper gold system, and to date they have 25 million tons of gold. Right. Something like that on that order. Um, these are serious mines uh, when you combine the copper and the gold. The, v- the in situ value of some of these deposits is truly staggering, and that's our focus. You know, I was able to sit in on the first half of Robert Friedland's talk this morning. Um, How was that? Well, I mean, fantastic. It, it's Friedland. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. he's the original OG in this, <laughs> in this sector, I think. You know, so it was really, of course, it was great. Yeah. Um, but he, he had a really good uh, kind of transition of, you know, in the in the in, in the generation of the Model T and Ford making the vehicles and making a car every second you know yeah. minute and a half or whatever it was, um, you know obviously the car companies did well, but Rockefeller did even better because he was supplying the oil needed to fuel those cars. But now you transition into the electric vehicle now, and what was oil back then could now easily transition to copper. It has Copper to. will be the energy that moves those vehicles, right? It has to. There's only two ways to move energy on this planet. One of them is with oil through pipelines, right. um, that sort of thing. The other is copper. And if we are transitioning, and I think we are. It feels like we are. Sure feels like we are. Uh, that transition has to be fueled by copper, whether it's the vehicles themselves or the infrastructure, most significantly the infrastructure to transmit that energy um interesting that yes friedland is amazing uh and i think one of the things that 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 caught me certainly i I can't remember when he said it but going forward uh robert one of his quotes this is a friedland quote uh regarding copper is that you're going to need a telescope to see the price of copper here uh not in the immediate future but there's going to come a point uh where the uh the demand for copper is going you're we're going to see a very significant move on the price of copper because you know if you're familiar with copper deposits these things the scale of these type of deposits if you've ever been to a large copper mine they're much different than a gold mine right it's a big deal uh they take time and uh and uh they take a lot of work to get these things into production and develop them and as a consequence uh uh, I think you'll see a very, very serious move in the price of copper over the next five years, something like that. Well, and those and those mines start out with people like you and your team. They do. Chomping through the bush. and One hole at a time. Maybe, 
Maybe putting a drill in the ground. Yeah, you got it one hole at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. Brad, thanks so much. Thank you, Trevor. Pleasure. Enjoy, enjoyed having the discussion with you, and uh, hope you're having a great PDAC. And uh, energy looks up today. Yesterday was a little subdued, I thought. Um, but uh, today looked uh, fairly busy. Good stuff. So, Thank you very much. Right, that's Brad Peters. He's with Pacific Empire Minerals.